0: It's hour two of the game. The game after work. Mitch Troy Travion, 537 1350 is the phone number to call. In the first hour, I mentioned to kick off the show that uh, I was really moved by a couple of pictures I saw. Hang with Tang was recorded earlier today, and we saw Will Howard and Jerome Tang hugging.
1: I was moved. Did you see the photo that just came down the line a moment been, ago? I'm
0: bringing it up right now, as a matter that's of fact, beautiful. because uh, the, the, the other photo that's now surfaced <laughs> is with R.J. Garcia. And if you haven't been paying attention to K-State football social media lately, R.J. Garcia, wide receiver for the Cats, has been doing – I can't remember what they call it, but it's like what I do, Meet the Wildcats, that I've now been playing on uh, Cat Game Day – You know, it's just a bunch of random questions for a player. But, man, does R.J. Garcia not only do his own version, it's more personal. As in, I guess, the recent one with Ben Sinnott. Ben Sinnott got in contact with his family and tried to dig up some dirt. If there's a guy that would ask Jerome Tang a hard-hitting question and hang with Tang, it would be R.J. Garcia. Absolutely. And it would be in the... uh, it would have the tone of, like, Coach, you started doing the Wabash with the students at the football games. You stopped after the Missouri game. What happened? It would be, like, something like that, right? Where there's probably a good explanation as to why it would get a good laugh out of Jerome Tang, I think R.J. D- Garcia would deliver. I, I've talked to so many K-State football in student athletes just student athletes in general over the years and i haven't ran into too many hate to say like personalities but it just you know obviously they've been coached to say certain things you know you don't want to give away too much but i i think with that being ingrained in them that they just they have a hard time letting their personalities let it out you know be themselves RJ Garcia is one of those guys that can really open up and be themselves. Mm-hmm. And it, that's really been shown off in this latest series that they've been doing uh, with other KC football players. But anyway, a lot of fun. Did you guys catch. Uh, did, you, did you catch. This is a weird question. Did you catch Willow of Fortune last night? No. Did you hear about what happened? No.
1: I love Willow of Fortune. I love game shows. Another one of my many interests. I. The fact that we didn't turn it on in the household is actually surprising. Well,
0: Troy, you're in your fifties, man. How's this not? Uh, How's this just, not?
1: Just stop. It's one of Monica's favorite shows. How is this
0: not appointment television? Just stop. Remember my grandparents? I, always uh, well, uh, six thirty. I think it's when it started back in the day. And I think it still is uh, six thirty. Always watch Will Fortune before you get into the uh, the uh, the CBS programming. Mm-hmm. I was catching – I don't know if it was a rerun or not, but um, (laughs) there was a guy that was in the third position, and he hit bankrupt or lose a turn six times. Oh, gosh. That is some of the worst luck I've ever seen on that
1: show. That's brutal.
0: The thing is, like, there are people that run into bad luck, and they'll just get $1,000 at the end of the day. That's like the pity gift. Um, for those that don't win any money on Wheel of Fortune, six times. Two of them was on the final spin. I've never seen that happen. I've watched a lot of episodes of Wheel of Fortune. I was watching it here in the office. It was actually kind of some background noise. I heard the boo like three times in a row. I was like, what in the hell's going on? (laughs) Yikes. If there was a game show you could be on, which one would you pick? Mine would be Price is Right. That's
1: easy. You know, I'd probably go for Jeopardy. Because you're smart? You're, the, you're book smart? I, I pass for what's smart, yes. I, I say that. I wouldn't no, mind I mean, doing it, but, but then I think to myself, dear God, the pressure I would put myself under, I would fail so badly at it.
0: No, you're, you're definitely the book smarts guy of the show. For sure. <laughs> if this show was sports-slash-history-slash-politics- it would be the Troy Coverdale show. Travion, he's the music and movies guy. I'm the street smart guy.
1: The street smart guy. Okay.
0: Oh, you, you think, do you say
1: you're, you think you're more street smart than I am? I just fi- find it an interesting representation of
2: yourself, but okay. What does that even mean, street smart? You well, it's like things? Stre- like <laughs> things you don't learn in books, right?
0: So it's like things you learn as you live life. Right. Things you learn through experience. And the way you become street smart is you retain that knowledge. You know, it's like, I mean, like reading a map. To me, that's street smarts. Or navigation, that's street smarts.
2: Yeah, I can't do that. I need my (laughs) GPS, man.
0: (laughs) Like, I remember when I met Lindsay for the first time. We met up at her house. I needed one, only one drive to her house, and I remember how to get there.
1: Yeah, I tend to be pretty good about that.
0: Or just knowing like how things work. You know, like there's not exactly written rules. It's just the way things go. Like that can be, there's so many ways to describe street smarts. Sure. It's just not things you learn in school. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I, I'm, and there might be a better way to explain it. And everybody may have their own definition, but that's just kind of the way I look at it. I'm definitely a street sc- smarts guy. I've never been book smart. I've never been one to do well in school. The style of learning in school is just never my type. Where sure. Or just somebody talks at the front of the room and just lectures. Never been that person. That's why I didn't go to a four-year college. Because it would have been a waste of money.
1: Anything good on your phone? Uh, just placing my bets for tonight's NBA games. Well, you better tell us what those bets are. <laughs> Catching up on uh, some suggestions from folks on those bets. Is this a big parlay? Uh, No, it's not going to be a big parlay. You've only got the two games tonight. Well,
0: okay. Troy and Vegas, impromptu. Let's see what you got.
1: Well, Siakam uh, going with 20-plus points and 4-plus assists. And throw in for Van Vliet, uh, 6-plus assists.
0: Okay. I've watched very little NBA this season.
1: Is this... Is this uh is this still the play-in games? It is. Okay. It is. Uh Lakers last night claimed 7th on the West and in the East it was uh, Atlanta claiming the 7. So the losers of those games play again on Friday against whomever wins tonight. That's how convoluted this whole thing is.
0: I will probably wait till the finals.
1: Yeah, probably.
0: Who's going to play in the
1: finals? Uh you know the Nuggets are the one seed in the West. I
0: do. Know, I actually do that, know but, that, yeah. But I
1: feel like that they may be the most unsteady one of the two that are out there. But well, that's... It, okay, so the, is it The like, West is so nuts. Well,
0: isn't the pecking... Yeah, that's right. Because I remember hearing about this. The pecking order in the West, like the Kings, right, are way up there, right? Yeah. Like, they're really good this year.
1: Yeah. They're solid this year. And it's just weird. Golden, Golden State's actually sitting in the three. I mean, that just doesn't... Doesn't sound right.
0: I mean, over the last – well, it's not like my knowledge of NBA is that good and that deep, but, like, what would you say over the last 20 years? How many good seasons has the Sacramento Kings had?
1: Oh, next to none. Yeah. Because this is their first playoff berth in almost 20 years. Well,
0: there you go. There you go. All right, let's move on. Sports, right? Well, kind of. The Big 12 Brett Yarmark commissioner was on, a, I believe, a handful of podcasts this past week. I caught one of them on replay because and it was a week old. I didn't even hear about it until our friends at Sikkim 365 brought it up. And I guess I'm a little bit late to the party, but I, it's, I guess as good a time as ever to bring it up because I think it is very interesting. And it's just the next step of Brett Yarmark taking the marketing of the Big 12 and taking it to the next level. So I think it's fair to say, Brett Yormark in the last okay, when was he announced as a new commission? Back in June.
1: You're roughly looking at a year, yeah.
0: Okay, so ten months ish about at this point has changed the game when it comes to the marketing. That's what he that's what he's brought in to do. Market the Big Twelve and make it a ton of money. Plus, media rights deal, of course that's a part of it, right? hmm And add some teams, add some schools. He's already done a lot of that. Great example of that is what we just saw with the Big 12 tournament in Kansas City. Now, the women's and men's are going to merge here in a little bit when it's you know played pretty much at the same time, and it's going to be in one location. So add that to the equation, and then you had Shaq, you had Fat Joe, you had Jordan Sparks singing the National Anthem, you had Celebrity added to the Big 12 tournament. That's just going to continue to grow. It's going to be now a week of extravaganza, So let's add to that now. What's the next steps? Well, he didn't really go into detail. That's Brett Yormark. But a couple of the next steps, and he said that these had been two things he had pitched when he brought 10 ideas to the board when he was interviewed for the job. Big 12 Mexico, which is a headline. (laughs) Yes. And then a a concert tour. So I got got to thinking. I was like, okay, what we've seen... College football games played abroad. Nebraska Northwestern played a really good game in Dublin, Ireland. Honestly, that I think that'd be a really sweet trip. I've always wanted to go to Ireland. Great, ex- I mean, that'd be a great excuse to go if the Cats were playing. Be a great excuse to go anywhere. But it'd been, you know, of course, a long time. Mean, Ninety-two is when they played in Tokyo when k played Nebraska. That was a whole like Coca-Cola thing or whatever. Right. Um. If this could be an annual thing, I don't know exactly. Again, we, very few details are known, and they're probably still working these out. Brett Yormark will soon be going to Mexico to work out what Big 12 Mexico will be, but I think at the very least we could imagine that a football game would be played there annually in what would most likely be Mexico City. Honestly, the destination is not all that intriguing to me. When I think of where I want to go in Mexico, it's you know Mexico City is not exactly on the top of that list. An annual game there would be pretty cool. And I would imagine every team, if this was an annual thing, would get their chances to go. I don't know if you know, K-State fans would be exactly thrilled to be losing a home game if that were to be the case. Still an interesting opportunity for the Big 12 to make a lot of money. Yes. For many reasons. And this is also another opportunity for the Big 12 to make money off us, the fans. <laughs> I mean, they could make some trip packages out of this, make it easier for fans to, to travel to the game. I will say, though, I don't think Mexico City would be a huge draw for the visiting fans. For some, it would be. I don't know if it would be the most attended thing other than if the locals decide to go. Um, I, I still need more details on that. I also need more details on this concert series, this concert tour, I should say, to get a, a real good opinion on it. But I will say, I I do love the idea, because it goes back to what we said yesterday, that music, concerts are one of the most popular activities when it Mm -hmm. comes to entertainment. Now, this could also be, and again, don't know a whole lot of details, but could this be a concert tour that tours the Big 12, stops in places where the Big 12, you know, Manhattan, Ames, Morgantown, would it be something like that that bounces around to all the sites? My answer to that is probably not. My thought on that is, so it's a tour, right? Does it make stops that are not big 12 towns? I think that's one part of it. Another one is, you know, Manhattan, Ames, Waco is another good example, are not big destinations
1: for concerts. Manhattan used to be, as we talked about, yes. But it
0: hasn't been in a long time. Like I look back at when Train and um, Zach Brown band visited Manhattan on a Saturday before the season started. I don't think it was a very good draw. Man, the thing is also like, I I would not do it in the stadiums. I would absolutely not do it in the stadiums because you want to fill up your place. Like I would imagine they would just do it in the arenas if they were to do a concert tour. During the summer, we just don't know where the locations are going to be, but this should be announced very soon. Also, is, who do you put on the tour? Is the other question.
2: Is this more like a Big 12 Presents, like an yeah. artist, or is it more well, like, I, well, I don't know, um, like randomly, this like Ozfest sort of thing, so it like travels mm. around as this one thing, or is it just like, oh, so this person's going to be coming, so we're just going to call it the Big 12 Presents?
0: I think it would be like Big 12 Presents. I think it would be more that than a festival, if you know what I mean, like an right. all-day thing. I doubt it would be an all-day thing. But it would be enough, like, star power. That's the thing. Like, you're not going to get George Strait. You're not going to get the Foo Fighters, most likely. No. But it would be somebody big enough where it would draw people. You just can't do it on in stadiums because some of these, I'm sure, events would have to take place. If it is a true tour and they're just going stop by stop, like it's your normal music tour, you know, some of these shows would be played on Tuesdays or Thursdays and not exactly on a weekend. I'm sure there's a lot of people here in this area that would, and this is to me sad, would not be interested in going because it's a weekday.
1: Right, yeah.
0: And they got to think about work the next day. To me, that's really sad to live life that way and put, you know, you're not, you're not, you're not willing to risk, you know, one day of being tired for a night of a lot of fun to me that's a very boring and sad way to live you know open up the life a little bit go have fun live it but some people don't obviously think that way a lot of people don't think that way
2: i think in manhattan there'd be a better turnout if it was someone like really exciting like if even on a weekday i think if they had like a big enough person i think it would stir up enough excitement to go Depending on who it is, yeah. It de-
0: but the thing is, if you think about where these Big Twelve schools are located,
1: I think you'll most likely have to go country, for the most part, probably. But also, I mean, keep or it, a like, classic rock.
0: Also, think yeah, maybe classic rock. You got to think about the, it, this as well. So, also during the summer, students will be gone. If it happens during the summer, students are gone. If he, you don't decide to do the smaller towns and you just go with the cities. Then you have, I think, more options because you're going to draw those that are just not involved with the university or whatever and not just drawing from the town. If you're in the big cities like where all the new four newbies come from, Mm -hmm. Cincinnati, Houston, Salt Lake City, or nearby Salt Lake City, of course, and um, in Orlando, Florida,
1: you have much more opportunity to make a bigger draw. Here's where Manhattan... Lawrence, Ames, wind up out of the mix in terms of that. Kansas City, Wichita, Des Moines all have bigger arena locations that are specifically designed for concerts at this point or designed much differently than what, for example, Bramlage's. is. And we know what trying to do a concert in Allen would be like. I mean,
0: they... Uh... It's as as not a stripper poles, I, I, I suppose. And, and
1: money machines.: Money machines. God, that was still the best. Waking up the next morning, seeing that and turning to an athletic director and going, "Hey, did you see? I don't even want to think about it."
0: But I, I, I love that. <laughs> I love the marketing of this. And I love That's the a great idea. idea. I just think I, I think as Ksey fans, if we're hoping for a show here in Manhattan, it's probably not at the top of the list to pick Manhattan if there is a limited number of dates. Manhattan is probably on, you know, it's it's
1: it's the bottom half of the list. It's not going to be like the Rolling Stones in Fort Collins at Hughes <laughs> Stadium in 1968.
2: This is random, but I remember last year at some point, like, KU announced that, like, J. Cole was going to be there. And, like, there was a post about it, but then, like, nothing ever came up about it. So I don't know if... Like that was just a prank or I don't know, but it was official on like their social media. I uh, have no idea. Uh,
0: I mean, Lawrence is still, they don't have the biggest venues and rarely does anything happen at Allen Fieldhouse besides basketball, but they at least have a couple of venues and they're not far from Kansas City that they can bring in some decent talent and sell out the shows. One of the best concerts I've ever been to was in Lawrence. And it was a band called Seven Dust. I know Trey's heard of them. I saw them at Louder Than Life last year. And, but the thing is, like, they're not the biggest rock band in the world. Right. They're not the most popular. But it was a venue that holds 2,000, and they sold it out. Because right. they didn't need a bigger venue than that for a band like that. They're also on the interstate, and apparently that's a big deal.
2: Um, was their crowd rough when you saw them? No. It was pretty no. intense when I saw it.
1: No, I mean, it was a rock
0: crowd, but it
2: wasn't, you know, mosh pits all over the
0: place. I was actually, I was like right front, middle of the stage. Because when they opened the venue doors and it was an hour before the show started, nobody was in line. I was like, what the wow. hell? Like, are we at the wrong place? Nobody was in line for the show. And they, they sold it. out. I was like, how was there no line to get in? We got there five minutes before the doors opened. Wow. And we were the first in line. We got right to the front of the stage, right in the middle, and it was phenomenal. Phenomenal show. Perfect. Um, details still to come. I think we'll get more in-depth about this, obviously, when we learn more about what exactly this is going to be, because I think I'm going to, I think there's an, I know what I'm, my reaction is going to be. Manhattan didn't, didn't get one of the shows. Oh, sure. But it would have been a lineup I had no interest in anyway. Because I'm still deep down a snob. All right, when we come back, Van Malone Presser highlights after this. You know, if Brett Yormark was a real baller with this concert tour that the Big 12 is going to have, he should name it after himself. Oh, boy. Like Yormarkapalooza Or Brett Stock. I know,
1: mentioned, it's like Wayne Stock from Waynesboro. Yeah, I mentioned it earlier today, by the way. So the Big Ten is about to hire their new commissioner. I don't know if you saw the note. But coming over from baseball guy, right? Formerly a baseball guy. Yeah. Tony Petiti had also been with CBS Sports for a bit and is coming over. So now you're in the, you've replaced the guy who kind of broke the trend of the hirings being uh, predominantly sports admin and former coaches types in Kevin Warren, who came over from the Minnesota Vikings originally and is now headed out to work with the Bears. But the only conference right now that has a traditional person in place are two of them, the ACC and the SEC. The other three Power Fives have all gone outside of your traditional college administrator type for their hires. And now the Big Ten will have done it twice. It's just an interesting sea change, your mark being a part of that.
0: Yeah, but how soon. You know, like in Columbus, Ohio, is it going to be extremely difficult for those Ohio State fans to watch Ohio State games in Columbus?
1: Yeah, great question. Blackouts, Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, that was one of the big jokes yesterday was that the Big Ten Network was going to be blacked out in about seven states. I figured
0: that was low-hanging. Yeah. I figured that was an easy one. Twitter jokes, baby. Gotta love them. Uh, Okay, let's hear from Van Malone. (laughs) Big fan of Van Malone. Big fan of Van Malone. I love... I, they should have him earlier in the whole press conference. You, you know, when it comes to when uh, the whole schedule is announced and it's a month long of press conferences, it's over a month long of press conferences when spring ball starts and we get Kleiman, he kind of books in the thing and we get the position coaches. Because you know, I feel like by this time, everything has kind of been said. We're not going to learn a whole lot. Sure. Uh, but he's so entertaining to listen to. And he was just pumping guys up at the beginning. His opening statement was almost seven minutes, <laughs> and I thought it was hilarious. Because, but he took the time to praise a lot of guys. A lot of it was about leadership, giving guys kind of the push to be those next leaders. Because you know, there's a lot of leaders being replaced. Deuce Vaughn, Felix, Indy, DK, Uzama. Your corners are being replaced, and those guys were anchors. Those were starters the last couple of years. Things have changed, obviously, at the corner position. And that's where he, when it comes to position coach, it's from Van Malone, it's where he calls home. Mentioned a handful of guys that he's been impressed with trying to replace, of course, Julius Prince, Echo Boydow.
3: Jacob Parrish has continually stood out, you know, being as young as he is and doing things at times that, that you don't even coach. And there are no words sometimes to the things that he does from an athleticism standpoint. Omar Daniels, been around here a while but hadn't played as much. Will Lee, who just walked in, into the room, uh, has been behind because these other guys have been on the campus and they know the stretch routines and they know where to find the training room. Uh, well, he's still finding his way, but continually I see flashes of athletic geneticism that let me know he's going to be just what we need but there's no guy at this time who has just stood out amongst the rest
0: I can believe that there's like no guy quite yet that you know for a fact is like you know you have the depth chart mapped out in your mind this guy and this guy will be your starters coming up in early September in in game number one Jacob Parrish could probably make an argument for just based on where he was on the depth chart last year Saw a pretty decent amount of playing time. And then also, you know, maybe Will Lee, the, the, you know, the sophomore transfer, the, the, the Juco transfer. Uh, but, you know, he, Coach is right that he is playing a little bit from behind. He's still getting acclimated to the way things work in Manhattan. Um, and plus, you also have Omar Daniels, who also got a pretty decent amount of playing time last year. So, I think starting jobs are, are still up for grabs. I think I do believe that but if i were to give a starting job to anybody right now and i wouldn't be surprised about it i should put it that way jacob parish is probably um that guy right now meanwhile a kobe savage update still trying to battle back from a late season injury
3: well nobody works harder than Kobe. Pre injury and post surgery. Uh as I've watched him, he pushes the training room. He pushes the rehab staff because he wants to do more, as as I've watched him. He's always wanting to do more and they have to continually hold him back. And so I, I would say yes, he's he's on path, he's on the on the right track to be able to be where he needs to be. Uh he goes through when we have walkthroughs, things that he can do physically, he's out there, he's a part of it, he's a part of the communication.
0: Yeah, Kobe Savage once he returns full speed, full strength is game changer. Absolutely. he When when he comes back and we get to see him play day one, I can't wait to see him play once again. Because he stole my attention game one last year, and he's going to do the same thing again. Plus, talk about the guy that was a ball hawk early on. I mean, he's my prediction to be the leader in interceptions again this next up, this upcoming season. No doubt about it. Kobe Savage, one of my favorite players on the entire roster now that that Deuce Vaughn is now no longer on the team. Uh, I'll play one more. Again, like I said earlier, everything has kind of been said already uh, with, this, with this football team in the spring. Nothing too controversial, obviously. There's like no like headline-stealing position battles, although there are a few. I think at Noseguard is where I'm intrigued the most uh, with Javon Banks, Uso Sayamalu, and Damian Leo. But I'll get one more praise in there for Avery Johnson.
3: There have been days where we have taken the green jerseys off the quarterbacks to give them an opportunity to see what it feels like to be hit. Sometimes quarterbacks don't like that, but he's relished in it. And so that's I've been impressed with that. Definitely when he gets the ball and he takes off with it, there's not many people catching him. I remember you know, that being something that Adrian would do and that's something that Skyler would do. That's something that Will does at times. But this dude, he just looks different.
0: It's a matter of time. Be patient, KC fans. It's just a matter of time. Someday, Avery Johnson will be unleashed. But it's not his show yet. It's the Will Howard Show.
1: Patience.
0: Uh, And I'm glad it's the Will Howard Show after what I saw last year. Meanwhile, I did get an opportunity to ask a couple of guys some fun questions. I I was able to uh, ask uh, Austin Moore, who is competing for my heart to be the, uh, my favorite player on the defensive side of the football, it's, it's probably him and Kobe Savage. I was so impressed. I, I couldn't rave more about how impressed I was with Austin Moore at weak side linebacker. I had to ask him about the fumble in the Big 12 championship game when he basically rejected a pass from Max Duggan in the end zone.
2: The only thing I really heard was they said if the hand's moving forward, it doesn't matter if the ball is left his hand or not. Counts as a pass, so that's as far as much as I learned about it. So how
0: many times have you rewatch that play? <laughs> you know, did you feel like you were robbed?
2: Uh, I rewatched it a few times on game day. Uh, I saw it on Twitter, and a lot of people thought it should have been a fumble. I mean, I thought it should have been a fumble at first, but it, the game ended up going our way, and maybe maybe happened for a reason. So not too upset about it.
0: So Austin Moore being a little bit humble. Here's my reaction: uh, two years in a row, a K State player has been robbed against TCU. Two years in a row. It's happened. Felix Ndike Uzama with two sacks being taken away because the ball was fumbled and the ball rolled across the line of scrimmage. Dumb rule. Should have been an NCAA tying day for Felix two seasons ago. And then Big 12 championship game, Austin Moore, Stuffs, Max Duggan, should have been a safety. Incomplete pass. They won the game. They won both games. Meanwhile, I've been waiting to ask Philip Brooks this question. So Philip Brooks shares the same real name as a very popular professional wrestler. I'm sure you've heard of him, Troy. His name is CM Punk. Mm-hmm. CM Punk's real name is Philip Brooks. I've I've thrown out the joke out there a couple of times on Twitter by calling you know, Philip Brooks the KSA player CM Punk or something like that. Right. I don't remember exactly what it was. I asked him the question, have you ever been confused on social media? Uh, because there was a time that CM Punk was still CM Punk, but was kind of being called Phillip Brooks because he was no longer in the wrestling world for seven years, more professionally was starting to act, and uh, was being involved with the UFC, not only, um, and also MMA with some play-by-play stuff. Was at any time, for any reason, Philip Brooks confused for CM Punk?
3: No, I've I've never been confused with him. I I used to watch WWE back in the day, so uh, CM Punk was my guy. He was one of my guys. Along with like
1: John Cena Undertaker, all of that. So I definitely watched uh CM Punk. Uh I watched him when he was, went to the UFC, did a little MMA. So I'm a big fan of CM Punk. So shout out C M Punk. Did I'm you know you
0: up. did you know you guys shared the same name?
1: Yes, yes, yeah. I I figured that out, uh I think it was like like at the end when I started like slowly, surely like dying off watching the wrestling. But I found out his name, I was like one of my friends called him that. And I was like, what are you calling him that? Why are you calling him that? And then next thing I know, it's his name. I figured out his name, so that's pretty cool.
0: Phillip Brooks should get real cocky now, have a real cocky persona, and call himself the best in the world. He should absolutely do that. Steals CM Punk's thunder a little bit. Start calling himself the best in the world. He, I mean, maybe he could as a punt returner. Special teams guy. Best in the world. All right. That's going to do it for um, the State Football Talk. We're going to wrap up the show with Ask Us Anything. But up next, number one song of the day, after these words. Okay, don't do it now, but after the show. Do it after the show. Because we still have 10, 15 minutes-ish of award-winning radio to give you. Uh, We've won like 12 on here in the last 10 years. KBs. The drone uh, Tang conversation with RJ Garcia is out there. I'm about halfway through. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. Anyway, so uh, this song here is from the year I was born 1990. Love Will Lead You Back by Taylor Dane.
1: Everybody recognize it now? I recognized it early on.
0: Half the people are like, no, I don't know this song at all. You probably know uh,
1: Tell It To My Heart. That would be the follow-up to this. Or this was the follow-up to that. I think that's right. I think the that's latter's is where right. I was going, yeah.
0: You know... Uh, this was one weekend number one, by the way. So this is our 400, 474th number one song of all time. So we're almost, we're getting there. We're getting to 500. We'll get there this summer. I got to think, it was like, man, how many number one songs that we had that starts with the word love? Because it feels like a ton of these number one songs are about love or something about that relationships or breaking up or something. It's just the third. At a 474, just the third song Dang. that starts with the word love. Dang. Singer, songwriter, and actress from Manhattan, New York. Rose to fame in 87. Had herself a pretty solid four years mm-hmm. of big hits. However being a pop star wasn't her only goal. She wanted to get into acting. So took about 10 years off from singing to get into acting. And she actually was successful. Had a bunch of TV show gigs. The thing is, I looked at all the list. Uh, I looked at the list of TV shows that she was in. I didn't recognize a single one. <laughs> Not a single one. I should have brought the list with me. Could have started naming off some shows to see if you guys had heard of them. The thing, like the thing is though, like I feel like I know a lot about TV shows. I'm pretty decent on pop culture. Hadn't heard of s- she was on like 15 of them. I'd never heard of one of them. <laughs> well, there was one I'd heard of. She was uh, one of the mass Singers, right? Apparently also she's a very good dancer Mm -hmm. Now I've never seen any of her music videos so maybe Troy you'd have to tell me if she dances in the music videos, but
1: You know, I don't remember tell it to my heart as a video. I really don't Um, I don't think there's a whole lot of dancing in this video. No, not in this one. No There's a lot of like
0: camera angles to the side of her face and she's like looking up while she sings Slowly pans over to like some white sheets flowing in the air and the Rolling Stone ranked her 18th on the list of the best female dance artists. It's from her second studio album, Can't Fight Fate. I had to be careful with that, because every time I'd read it, I wanted to say Can't Fight This Feeling. <laughs> Well, the song evokes emotions that you feel after being separated or divorced. A rare divorce song. Mm-hmm. When all the love you had for that person remains in your heart. Through all the pain and suffering, you feel that love will lead you back again. Troy, was your wife your first love? Oh, heck no okay was this first love like a person that wasn't celebrity well yeah okay well never mind this this doesn't work Travion <laughs> who was your first love
2: uh my high school girlfriend I guess
0: I I've been t- I, don't, I don't know if this is really true for me but I've learned like for most people like your' like your first love. You always have a little love for him Sure Travion is that the case for you Yeah (laughs) Like (laughs) you're still a sucker for that love
2: uh, Probably not as much as I was previously Like the first time I've ever
0: said I love you to a girlfriend I was like a junior in high school I don't know if I I don't think there's that kind of love for that person still I think we were just dumb high school kids, and we started saying I love you after two months. Right. Nah, it's not quite the same. Now, what I find cool about this song is that the person that wrote this song is a legend. It was written by Diane Warren. And if you've never heard of Diane Warren... Does she have a track record of number one hits? Uh, Don't oh Don't
2: want to miss a thing.
0: Don't want to miss a thing by Aerosmith is one. Can you keep going?
2: Come on, Travion. You're the music guy. Uh, not a hit, but she wrote a song for Kiss off the... Uh, <laughs> she wrote a Kiss song. <laughs> on uh, the Detroit Rock City soundtrack. It was the last Peter Chris the, Kiss the, song. The
0: soundtrack is in
2: for the movie? Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, Detroit Rock City, the movie underrated that's a great f- great film it's it's okay oh it's better than okay
2: Travion I'll need to rewatch it it's been a while since <laughs> I've seen it
0: it was so good I'd actually recently like this was during the pandemic bought the blu-ray so I hadn't seen it in forever De- Detroit Rock City I love that movie for those that don't know what Detroit Rock City is these four friends big fans of KISS they win tickets on the radio to go see KISS in Detroit but, of course, they have the worst time just getting to Detroit. Right. I'll leave it at that. Hijinks ensue. Sure. Like some nuns get involved. I don't know. It's, it's wild. Uh, but she had also written uh, Nothing's Gonna Stop Us Now by Starship. Okay. When I See You sm- Smile by Bad English. I'm just mentioning number one hits here. <laughs> she. She wrote Millie Vanilli's Blame It on the Rain, Mm -hmm. Celine Dion's Because You Loved Me, Tony Braxton's Unbreak My Heart, and there are many others, but I I left the list at that. That's really all I got on this. Travion, if you want to, (laughs) you just get us out when we need to get out. Let's go ahead and jump to some Ask Us Anything. Okay. I'm just kind of over the song. Two songs in a row. I'm just not that into.
1: Tomorrow, you gotta, you've got to really talk to your editor.
0: Tomorrow, uh, I will play a number one song. We're not gonna have a show Friday, so tomorrow will be our last show of the week. Um, so I'll play a number one song that I'm that I'm into.
1: You really need to have a chat with your editor. You can't do two songs like that back to back. Hey, listen.
0: <laughs> I mentioned
1: was it yesterday or last week
0: that I'm trying to be less of a music snob. This is me trying oh, to be less of the okay. not playing right. number one hits. Because, like, with John and Mason, when we debuted this segment, it was like pulling teeth. Because if it was a song they hadn't heard of, if it wasn't a song that was, you know, not double-digit weeks in number one, they weren't interested. Right. But, of course, you know,
2: never mind. Okay. If you decided to run for president, what would your campaign slogan be? <laughs> You're asking be? for trouble. Uh, obviously, it'd be Emo. I
1: mean, that's a given. Um... Build the fort with Mitch.
0: I- anything I'm on, if I'm on anything TV-wise, unless it's like an ESPN Plus broadcast and I got to be neutral, I'm always gonna throw Go Cats out there or Emo. Every man in a wildcat. You could do, I guess.
2: If you E-maw. had to have one specific to you, though, what would it be? Like in relation, like, you know. Like Ike or something like that.
1: Wow. I mean, the the simplistic jingle jingley mind would be win with Troy, he's your boy.
2: There you go.
0: Vote for the fort. <laughs> right. <laughs> I did have the nickname thanks to Napoleon Dynamite for a while. I had the nickname
1: Pedro. Oh so boy. Say vote for. <laughs> Vote for yeah.
0: Pedro. Vote yeah. for me. Yeah. E E Mock, every man a car artist. Okay.
2: <laughs> what else you got? Um. How do you think the world would be if bananas were illegal? Bananaless?
0: I, I would really <laughs> actually worry about those that are stranded on islands.
2: seems like on those islands there's bananas what is your favorite thing to have bananas on i like to have bananas chopped up in my cereal
0: you know that's a good question i've never tried the bananas in a cereal that's uh, i'd only seen that one place and i've only seen it done by one person jill taylor on home improvement she would always (laughs) cut the she's in a hurry she's got to get out the door but she still has time to cut the bananas in their in her kid's cereal (laughs) She was always on top of that, and I admired her for it. <laughs> and, like, sometimes Lindsay will put some bananas on her pancakes with some peanut butter.
2: That's good. That's good.
0: I've just never I've never really branched out. I've never had a banana split. What? What?
2: I've never <laughs> branched out too much with bananas. Well, sounds like you better do it before they become illegal.
0: I do love bananas. I'm a big banana guy. But okay, here's where this is how far I branch out banana popsicles used to hate them as a kid as an adult. I like them
2: I don't like them that much, but I haven't had them in forever
0: Why those are my favorite kind of popsicles that come in the plastic tubes Banana now comes in like all the packs Really, so I'm gonna eat them. I can eat a box of those in one day That's how much I love popsicles
1: Troy's not a fruits and vegetables guy, so it does not affect his life whatsoever. (laughs) Mainly the vegetables, but yeah. Bananas, I'm not a big fan of.
0: Unless McDonald's starts serving bananas, he's not
1: going to touch it. And hey, 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 McDonald's
0: for breakfast. That's it. We got you for a full two hours tomorrow for Trey. Troy, I'm Mitch. Go Cats.